You know, there's a lot going on in this world where it feels like the enemy is winning, but will he fail? He won't. And we want to build not only our lives, but this church as we move into this next chapter of our church's history on the firm foundation, which is Christ the Lord. Amen. And on that solid rock we stand, all other ground is sinking sand. You know, our church has an incredible history. In fact, we've been around for 124 years here in Perkasine. As we look back over some of the pictures last week, as well as um, all the things that this has been founded on, some of the DNA of this church is making sure that the word of God is preached We serve one another and love one another and care for each other regardless of the size it has grown into and that um, we continue to proclaim the truth about Jesus Christ and the good news that he offers. But on top of that, we wanna be built on that rock which is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But you know what? Throughout the years, as the church has grown, we, we really found we were doing a, a great job bringing kids on, doing camps and all these different things. But I'll tell you what, I went on a conference in 2015 and I was sitting there in the auditorium and if you've ever gone to any of these conferences, especially spiritual conferences, you only need like one thing to be said and it catches your attention. Well, this is what got said from the the stage that day and uh, it just sent me into a whirlwind of thought and visioning. And this was was, um, the question that was proposed to the pastors in the room. If your church were to burn down, would your community even care? That was a question. I thought about that. Or is it just a membership club down the street that you all attend, but the community doesn't necessarily benefit from your presence, feel your presence, see your presence, or are impacted by your presence? The idea was, are you huddled up or are you out being salt and light? And I went back to my hotel room that night. I remember just getting my journal book out. I'm like writing, I got my Bible there. I'm studying and, and um, I'm thinking through how this impacts. And, and I, just, I just really felt prompted that when I return, I'm gonna share to the, the deacon board that I think we should start looking for an outreach center, do something off campus. Let's take the church to its community. Well, with trepidation, I shared that with uh, leadership and uh, I had worked on it for a while. I go through like a series of tests before I present a vision to the different audiences before it comes to a larger vision. And as I was working it through, I was just getting more and more of, the, of confirmation that, yeah, the Lord is directing me to share this. And when I shared it with the guys, they were praying through it. We, we spent a lot of time. Um, we had several prayer um, times about it and um, we started searching. And, and many of you know now, in 2017, we opened up the Revival's Outreach Center. And I remember this uh, drawing here in the corner. I remember drawing it in my office. And, uh, and it, was a, it was an interesting day. It was raining very similar to this day. And I was over in a different office than I am today. And I wanted to kind of make a rendering look like, yo, this is what we'll do with this place, you know. And um, I just kept feeling led to put a colon in it. And the idea behind the colon wasn't so much to just differentiate it in branding, although I thought that'd be smart with a lot of the other revivals out there that I already knew about. But on top of that, there's just this, 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 I wrote it down. There's gonna be more. There's gonna be more. This isn't the only one. This isn't the only thing God's gonna do. There's gonna be more. And so I left it in there. I presented it. 
And before you know it, we just saw the Lord just using this thing. And, and on top of that, um, he, he grew this ministry. It's exploded over the past four years specifically. And that first year of ministry, when a lot of things were kicking up, in my own personal study, working on visioning for the church, and as I pray through it, say, God, how are you leading me? It's often driven right out of scripture as I'm praying. I'm feeling led in my spirit. I'm like, I remember the night. I, I literally was like, oh no, oh no. You're, you're, you're really leading me to, to do that, aren't you? We're gonna present, we're gonna bring more synergy to the two and possibly change the name of the church. And, and I just remember like going through the processes of that and the prayer that went into that. I remember a 33 straight day prayer chain by our deacons before we presented to you the name of our church currently is. 33 straight days, 5.30 a.m., one of our deacons sent the text and we would all pray at that time um, and ask the Lord, refine it, sharpen it, correct it, guide it. But what we were praying over was, what are we gonna name this? And we wanted it to be of the Lord. We weren't gonna pull the audience. It was gonna be from God, from the leadership in unanimity, and we would move forward. Well, that process of looking for a name that would bring the two together so that they wouldn't continue down different paths someday in leadership far beyond what's currently here, Lord, how do we bring that together? And I started looking for more Rees, okay? Now, obviously, I kept a colon in it just because it was dear to me with revivals. But um, this, there will be more. And as I began to look through scripture, it was much like when you buy a car, you thought you were the only one with the car, and then you buy it, and you see your car everywhere. This is, I start seeing all these rewords in scripture. Redeem, regenerate, restore, refresh, reveal, rebuild, reward, regain, refine, revive, rejoice, repent, remember, rebirth return. And I just started putting all these together. There'll be more, there'll be more, there'll be more. But through the vision process, somebody said to me, you know what recolon means? I said, what's that? They said, it means in response to. I'm like, oh, that's great. It'll be this word in response to what God has done, not what man has done, because everything should be about telling his story, not our story. Who cares about our story? It's about his story. And that's where renew stood out, unlike any other. It means to make new in quality, to be superior than previous. But what was odd to me that I didn't fully understand about the name renew as I was looking through things, it means to kind of renew and refresh something that had been stopped or altered or had run into something and then had to be reset. I didn't know one month after we would present the name Renew Bible Church, there would be a two year interruption into our church operations, let alone a six month period where we weren't even in here. But God had casted that vision through the leadership and the church bought in so much that it brought us back going, this has gotta happen. When we get back moving again, when we see people in this auditorium, we're gonna go towards renew. But what about this name stood out the most is in looking for a name for our future. And that's what these next three weeks are going to be about. In September, we just want to talk about this opportunity to call. Uh, this week, we'll talk about why renew. Next week, why Bible? And the third week, why church, where we'll be doing a baptism on the last 
week of the month of September. And each week, we're gonna just kind of describe what's going on in case you're visiting with us today, in case you heard wind of it, in case you're like, where did that come from? Or if you've been hearing this for a while, just more affirmation as to what God did over the last two and a half years here at our church. But, but what happened is this renew, there's, there's over 30 some uses of the word. It's um, in, in, in Greek, it's, it's akanakanu. And, and it's not a renew, but it shows up in the English language seven times, very obviously in scripture. And, and so here's some of the verses I wanted you to see. God's in the business of renewing lives. He saved us, not because works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. Here's something I wanna point out. When I first saw this first one of seven, what you see here is that the work of the renewing process is the Holy Spirit's job. He does the renewing. He can often be referred to as a transformer. He does the transforming in our lives. He is the renewer. Just as Jesus is the creator, there's three persons in the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. One of his works is to do the renewing in your life. And and why not give him credit in prayer? Holy Spirit, thank you for the renewal that you brought to me in my life at the moment of salvation when you took something that was old and made it new. But God's also in the business of renewing not only our life, but our identity. And I've put on in the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. I'm created in the image of God, the Imago Deo. And I, in that, that's where I find my identity. That's where I find my purpose. I'm a child of God and I'm renewed by the Holy Spirit in the knowledge after the image of its creator. The third one I saw that really stood out was, so we do not lose heart. Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians is talking about the afflictions and persecutions. He says, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. The Holy Spirit renews our inner self day by day. Isn't it interesting as our outer self, right, gets slower and slower, right? our inner self gets stronger by the work of the Holy Spirit. But on top of that, there's another renew verse that I particularly love. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. He wants to renew our strength. Anybody feel exhausted? Do you know that the Holy Spirit wants to renew your strength? And and on top of that, how about this verse? I love this renew verse. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through its deceitful desires and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Reset your priorities. Those were your priorities before salvation. Now you ought to have a new set of priorities and it's the Holy Spirit who wants to renew us in the spirit of our minds as if our mind has a mindset. But the verse that put it over the top and the verse that said this is the word was Romans 12. Well, forgive me, go with that one, Romans 12. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. When we renew our minds, we can discern what is good and acceptable and perfect. And what's interesting about that is sometimes we let things go in our lives that aren't that good. We say things are acceptable that really aren't. And sometimes things, no, they're far from perfect. And it's as if 
the Holy Spirit says, I don't want just some of your life. I wanna renew all of it. It was David who was crushed in spirit from a sin that he committed that said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. After looking through these seven verses and the renew really beginning to take hold in your leadership and that this would be the name. I mean, we, we came from a title, uh, First Baptist Church. I mean, I, we said we, we want a name that's birthed out of scripture as we move into our future. And uh, I mean, I remember one of the illustrations was like, you know, when I didn't have, I didn't have our first child and go first Heller. We, we, we wanted to have a name, you know, and, and that name we wanted birthed out of scripture. And that's where renew came, but we learned something about renewal through these verses. Renewal comes through the Holy Spirit, not by your efforts. If you think you can go renew your life, then you are robbing what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. And you'll find you won't do the job he wants to do. We learned renewal comes through surrender. It doesn't come through, I gotta do this. It comes through, Lord, you gotta do this. I need to get out of the way. We learn that renewal comes through knowing God's will so that we won't discern what is good and acceptable and perfect because oftentimes we want God's word to do our will. And we learn that renewal, make no mistake, whenever you renew something, it comes with sacrifice. Something's gotta go that you've been maybe holding on to in order for the renewal to begin. You know, we introduced this whole theme and in the past few weeks as we've walked towards this future vision for our church, we said to our staff in a staff meeting, what do you want to not bring to renew? What's not coming? That was part of the way you did church then. What do you wanna do new? What do you wanna do? How do you wanna leverage this fresh start? Church, can I tell you something? If God has called you to renew Bible church and you believe God is sovereign and you believe and trust that your leadership prayed this through over the past two and a half years, and if you believe that you wanna be a part of this vision of renew Bible church, then you are here for a very specific reason and God has you in this room or has you watching because he wants to do renewal in your life. This is your church. It's not just an organization or a building. This is the body of Christ gathered here in this room on those who are viewing. And if you've been called here and have sensed God's call in your life to make this your church, he's not just renewing this. He wants to renew your life and you should be leveraging this season of your church's life to go, God, what do you want me to renew? in my family, in my life, at my college campus, at my school, in my retirement home. For God, my church is going through this season and I wanna leverage this season. I wanna renew. And so we, we would hear from people, you know what? I don't wanna take this kind of attitude into the future. I've been doing church that way for a while. I wanna do church this way. Maybe you say, I wanna leave behind a judgmental spirit. I am so sick of judging the body of Christ. It's just leaving me bitter. I'm gonna live my life and encourage the one another. Maybe you say, I'm done complaining. Maybe you say, you know what? I've made church all about my preference. I want to make it about serving people and not what I want to get out of it. I'm done consumer Christianity. I want to come and serve. Maybe you say I've been a little lazy and I want to use this season of my church going through this renew 
to do it to me. Because if you truly understand what a church is, it's not a building, it's the ecclesia, it's the body of Christ. And if we are all part of the body of Christ, we're all being called right now to go through this season of renewal. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your business life. Maybe it's what you prioritize. But what do you want to not bring to renew? We got some really interesting answers. Over the next three weeks, we're gonna be talking about the firm foundations that we wanna build on. And one of those firm foundations is a passage in scripture that talks about how the church can live out renewal. And it's found in Romans 12. That will be what we focus on today. Next week, Bible, third week, church. And we pray that as we build and continue to build and continue to build on the rock that is Jesus Christ, that you'll desire renewal today. We're gonna walk through some rooms today of our houses. We're gonna truly challenge that, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I wanna ask you today, if the Holy Spirit's tapping on your door to say this is an area of renewal, that you'll invite him into your home and do your work. Heavenly Father, use this time in our church's history to inspire all of us to say, Holy Spirit, do your work of renewal. Renew my mind, renew my attitudes, renew my strength. Maybe it's to call upon the Lord in salvation. But Lord, we believe you're doing a renewing work and thank you, Lord, for this vision you've given us and we follow you into a very uncertain future on a very certain rock that is Jesus Christ. We thank you for this firm foundation. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, good morning, church family. All right, let's wake up. It's a little rainy, right? We need a little energy boost there. Hey, you know what I love when I'm a little lazy and a little tired and I know I gotta get stuff done around the house? I love starting my morning with like a do-it-yourself show and it gets me fired up and gets me going, okay? And so, when, when the other day, the other day, I, I just said, we gotta, we gotta start renovating something. We got like, we, we were like going into the fall, things were a mess, closets are overtaking. When you're, when you're raising kids, you don't got time for the house, okay? I mean, especially young moms, you don't got time. Just de-stress yourself, you don't got the time, right? But you watch these shows on TV and you're like, I want it to look like that. And so what I do for inspiration, I get my cup of coffee, I wake up and it was Labor Day. And so Beck and I were like, we're gonna renew this house a little bit, okay? And, I, and, and she wanted the baseboards painted. Like the white trim is all getting scuffed up. And it just, it, it, over time, over time. So I, I, I had to get my cup of coffee and I put my show before I could attack it because I needed inspiration. And where do I go for that? I go to like shows like Fixer Upper. And I put these on and then I look at this like chalet, like this little thing here and I go, who would want that? And then the show starts up and the dream starts getting casted and the vision starts growing. And before you know it, you're waiting for that after. And after 90 commercials, <laughs> right? The after finally comes and you get to see it and you're like, oh my word, let's go. How did you take that and turn it to that? And then you start thinking about, my house is pretty close to Lowe's and it is early enough. 
What could we accomplish today? I mean, it just gets me going. It gets me fired up when I start seeing renovation. And I mean, when you let those designers and those mindsets and, and especially the two of those, they, they come into a room like this and they just kind of look it over and they're like, some of you go, okay, maybe we can paint it up. Let's get some new curtains. We probably should replace the 1960s chandelier. And you think through things like that. No, no, they go another way. They go, how about we knock this wall out, accentuate the fireplace. Maybe we'll open up this door so this room feels there. And then before you know it, by the end of the show, it looks like this. And you're like, how is that the same house? I mean, it's unbelievable, isn't it? And it looks so easy on TV, right? It's like a half an hour. <laughs> Renovations aren't easy. You know, in scripture, our house is often used as a metaphor, right? As for me and my house, as for me and my life, and the way I'm gonna live, we will serve the Lord, we talked about last week. Jesus says, the house built on the sand. When the wind and the waves come, it's gonna collapse. I'll guarantee you that. But he says, the house that's built on the rock, that one is gonna stand up through any storm and any wind. And, and that tells me something, that if I build my house, my life, this, this metaphor of scripture on the rock that is Jesus Christ, it's gonna stand but have I truly given my house to the Lord? Oh, you say, yeah, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal savior when I was six years old at camp. Or you might say when I was 40, I was just feeling the Lord calling me and I, and I went to church and I, I heard the gospel and I accepted Christ and everything's been different since then. Oh yeah, there may have been that renewal. Were you baptized by the Holy Spirit? He began his good work in you and the Lord's been working in your life. But have you gotten to the point in your faith where you allow renewal in your home? I'm not talking about the house that shows up here on Sunday morning. I'm talking about your home. You see, Jesus is all about surprise drop-bys. He said to Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. Imagine Jesus coming to your house today. I mean, how would he approach it? Would he say something like, I stand at the door and knock? Can I come in? You see, at the moment of salvation, and we let him into our lives, he takes residence with us, but he wants to be a part of everything. He wants total commitment. That's where the renewal really comes. Can I come in? Oh, sure. Um, come on in, Jesus. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, why don't you come in this room, Jesus? We got a nice room. Um, our church has been studying Joshua 24. You love Joshua. I do. I love this room. Okay. I mean, do you like everything? Oh, yeah. This is a great room. Awesome room. Have a seat, Jesus. Oh, sure. Sure. I mean, we've we been studying this at church. We're all about renewing. It's great. I even named something re. It's great. It is great. I love this room. But I want to put up another verse for now. Well, what's that? I want to put up this verse. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you might discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. 
what do you mean, Jesus? This room isn't good. No, this is good. Is it acceptable? It really is. And I love, uh, I love the verse. But I want to talk about that room behind that door. What? what? Yeah, I want, to, I want to go in that room. I love this room. This room's great. I, I want to go in that room. Why would we go in that room? I, I, I mean, and can you imagine getting in front? Like, like, wait, before, could I go in before you? I just want to straighten some things up. I thought you were just going to stay in this room. I want to go in that room. But Jesus, in that room, we're a little bit busy. Look, I've already been in that room. I'm in that room with you every day. You invited me into your life. I'm not shocked by what I'm going to see. There's no point in hiding it. I already know. Let's go in the room. I want to help you with this room. Okay? Let's go in the kitchen. Could I just get a minute to clean this up? No, no, just leave it. It's okay. We're really busy. We're really busy. You don't understand. We got kids here, kids here. And if we miss one thing, we're going to get behind and the other families get ahead. And we got to do that. We got to sign up for this. And we're running like crazy and we're doing everything we can. And we're absolutely right. And we're just eating the food. Bernie, go away. Jesus is here. I already know about the room. This isn't a surprise to me, but I've got this idea. You know, last week at church, you said, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. Here I am. How about we let the Holy Spirit renew this room? What would you do? Well, let's put up another verse. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What if we let the Holy Spirit come in here and teach you how to wait instead of rush? What if we let the Holy Spirit come into this kitchen and teach you how to rest instead of run through life? What if we renewed the place you spend the most time? What do you say? well, how long will the renewal take? Like, will they take the fridge? Isn't it amazing how we fight what God might want to do? I mean, I, I like that idea, Jesus, but that means we might have to rethink our diet and we might have to rethink the way we handle ourselves in here. We might have to rethink our schedules. Yeah, I want to renew it and I want to restore your strength. I want you to enjoy your life, not walk around miserable yelling at everybody, but it's working for me. No, it's not. Thanks for letting me in. Let's continue. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't need to go that way. No, this, isn't this your office? Yeah, that's my office. Let's take a look. Let's take a look at your office. Jeez, you don't understand. We're getting really backed up. There's a lot going on and just one bill after another. I mean, the one day I was just driving down the road and I said, what else you got, God? I know, I heard you say it. Well, things are mounting up and we had to have this and then we had to have that and then, and then this got out of hand and this and this. I just, I don't even want to look. Can we go to another room? I've been in this room with you. This room doesn't surprise me. I want to put up a new verse. I want the Holy Spirit to come into this room so that you don't lose heart as you go through life. Your church is in a new season. I've led that. I want you in a new season. Don't lose heart, though your outer self is wasting away. Day by day, the Holy Spirit can renew you. Let's do the next right thing financially. Let's do the next right thing on your schedule. Let's make the next right decision, and we'll do this day by day. I don't even know where to start. Would you let me renew this room? 
You see, renewal's not about you starting, it's about you getting out of the way, but it's amazing. Like if you watch these shows of people who are collecting things and being overwhelmed where they have to walk through rooms like this, they'll fight to hold on to things as if they're so important, clearly deceiving themselves that their life is spinning out of control because they got the one room cleaned up in the front that everyone gets to see on Sunday. He wants the whole house. What's this room? Oh, that's, we've been meaning to get to that. I wanna, I wanna go in this room. We've been meaning to get to that, Jesus. Oh. What's going on here? You know, I know. Just like I knew everything about the woman of the well, I also know everything about this. Well, I'm serving everybody else. I'm feeling very empty. I know you are feeling I'm all alone and then I flip out and then people don't want to talk to me and every relationship I have is destroyed and they just keep leaving and leaving and I, this is all I'm left with. I want to fill this room up. I want to bring a new identity to your life. I want you to understand you're a daughter of the king. You are a masterpiece of mine. Let's put a verse up in this room and put on a new self, which is being renewed after the knowledge of who God says you are, not what this world says you are, and not what the consequences of your life have necessarily brought. Let's let the Holy Spirit in here and fill this room up that's empty. How much is that going to cost? My whole life. It cost him my whole life. I wanna fill this up. You don't have to live this way. What's that I hear? Oh, that's, that's my husband. Where is he? You know where he is, you knew everything else. You're right, he's in the basement, let's go. We're coming down. Is this where you worship? <laughs> Jesus. You know what the rest of the rooms look like, right? Yeah, yeah, I've been trying to get to it, but you know, this is my happy place. I know, I love it. You and I spend time down here. But there's other stuff to deal with. Why are we putting all the priority on this room? There's other rooms. I got an empty room. I got a crazy kitchen. And I got a place of worship. And although it might be great, is it a little bit out of priority? Just a little bit? Some of you guys are like, Chris, how you do this on Fantasy Football Sunday? All those things are great. There's nothing wrong with that. But what if they're out of priority and we're putting all of our priorities into things while everything else is falling apart? Well, the front room was good. Did you see the verse? I want the whole house. Both of you, there's one more room I want to go to. Oh no, I know what you're going to do. Come on, let's go to this room. I want to go to this last room. Come on, guys. Would you two let me back into this room? I bet this has a lot to do with the rest of it. Let's put
put up another sign. Let's put up a verse that says something like, I saved you because of the work, not your works, but according to my mercy, according to the washing of regeneration, the renewal, let, let's, it's the Holy Spirit that does the work. Let's let the Holy Spirit into this room. You understand? Yes, let's let the Spirit into this room. I want the whole house, I want you two to stop looking at that front room. And I want you to look at this house and understand what is truly good, what is truly acceptable, and what is truly perfect. And you understand it's a metaphor. It could be your college dorm room you just walked through. It could be your senior saint's room at your retirement home. It could be your bachelor pad. It could be your apartment in the city. Is there stuff in our life we haven't surrendered and we're walking around going, everything's fine. And Jesus is going, come on, come on. Let's let the Holy Spirit do some renewal in your house. What would that do for your family? What would that do for your church? Let's leverage this season in the church's life that you've been called into to be thinking about truly saying, as for me and my house, not room, we will serve the Lord. It's with that, it's with that emotion, it's with that intensity. I think Paul writes to the people in Rome and he shares chapter 12 of Romans, which is a, a foundational chapter to build off our renewal time period with by saying this. I appeal to you, therefore, by the mercies of God. Th this is the idea. I urge you. Some of you have in your scriptures, I beseech you. It's one of the more tender words you can use. It's kind of this idea. Look, 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 look. I'm urging you. It, it, it doesn't come with a condemnation. You know what's wrong with you? No, no. It says, I'm urging you. Let's do this based on the mercies of God. God is a merciful God. He wants to go through this house and not wave his finger of condemnation. You're a child of God. Let's let the Holy Spirit do some reno. I urge you, I want you to do this, not because you have to, but you got it, because you get to. And he says, based on the mercies of God, and that therefore, whenever you see a therefore, you gotta ask yourself, why, what is it there for? And what it's there for is the previous 11 chapters. You've been given a new self, a new name. Pink in his precept says, there's been so many things given to the child of God at salvation. Repentance, a new mind about God. Justification, a new standing before God. Regeneration, a new life from God. Conversion, a new attitude toward God. Ownership, a new relationship with God. Sanctification, a new position before God. Glorification, a new place with God. What Jesus did when you came and accepted his perfect gift because of his work on the cross of Christ, You've been given so much. He sacrificed so much for you, and I appeal to you on the mercies of God. Some of you still aren't getting it. There's a story about a young man who on September 11th, 2001, kept going up a flight of stairs despite the danger. And because of his athleticism and what he had been gifted with in his body and what I'm sure he worked for, he was able to maneuver 
But what came out from all the people he was able to save is all they could remember was there was this guy with a red handkerchief on. It's been memorialized to this day and there's documentaries even about this. But he put his red handkerchief around his face and he kept going up and using his strength, got people to safety, finding a corridor. And some 18, some lives that would have perished lived because of this young man's passion to give everything. The mother who lost this young man only found out about this tail end of his life because she saw this report of all these survivors saying there was a guy with a red handkerchief on. And she knew that was my son. That was my son. How? When they would go to church on Sundays, his dad gave him two handkerchiefs. He said one for the front, that's for show, and one for the pocket, that's for blow. That red handkerchief stayed with him. His father was a firefighter. He kept the red handkerchief on him. He worked in the trade centers, not as a firefighter, but he was working there that day. Put that red handkerchief on that he kept with him because it was an, a thing of, it was important to him and his father. And from his childhood having it on, he would go up and down those steps. He was the one with the red handkerchief. He gave his life. Now imagine, if the mother came into your house and she said, look, based on my son's sacrifice, would you do this for him? I'll do, I'll do anything. He saved my life. I mean, I wouldn't even be alive if it were for him. Tell me, what is it you want me to do? This is the same emotion. Paul goes, I'm urging you. I appeal to you based on the mercies of God and what Christ has done for you, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. In a world that says your body is not anything but yours, the Bible tells you, hey, no, no, present it as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is what? It's your spiritual act of worship. What? How is it my act of worship to sacrifice my life, to sacrifice my body to sacrifice what he's done because of Jesus already having done that for you. He's the model. He's not telling you to do something he didn't do. Isn't it horrible following someone who says to do something that they're not willing to do themselves? Jesus says, I'm only asking you to do the very thing I do. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Why? Well, when Jesus asks you to do something, he doesn't want you hurt. Imagine someone comes to you and you have all this land. He says, I want to buy a thousand acres from you. And you say, deal, I'll take it. And you give him a thousand acres, but you say, I want to keep one acre. What? I want to keep one acre. It's one acre. It's very dear to me. I want to keep it. Do you know that by law, you can get a right away to that acre and go through the entire property to your acre that you refuse to surrender? Even though there's a thousand acres around it. But you know what? In a Christian world, the enemy knows that one area you won't surrender. He knows that room. And he will make an inroad. And what scripture says, he will try to set up a foothold. Because he wants to take the whole house down. He's not gonna be real obvious. He's just gonna look for that area that you refuse to surrender. And that's why 
We're to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. And who demonstrated that better than Abraham and Isaac? I'll never forget, I, I heard a, a, a pastor commenting on Abraham and Isaac. He said it was the greatest test of faith for Abraham had to go through the six stages of faith. He had something that was so dear to him, so important to him. His identity was wrapped up in Isaac. His future was wrapped up in Isaac. His hope was wrapped up in Isaac. And God knew that this was the miracle child. But Isaac was a gift from God. And Abraham was falling in love more with the gift than the giver. And God said, I want you to sacrifice him. You see, one person said, this is the way all stages of faith go. It starts with a God-given dream. Abraham didn't have a dream to build this, this huge nation. That was a God-given dream. And then there comes a decision, am I gonna follow through? And I was listening to this, this pastor reflect on this and he was saying how, how there's that decision and he made that decision to move to the land of Ur, but then there was delay. Abraham and Sarah had to wait. There's always delay. When you want renewal in your house, you might have a dream for what it's gonna be and then you decide it's gonna happen, but it's not gonna come quick. And that's where most of us quit. And before long, after delay comes difficulty. And weighing through that time of difficulty because renovation, you always run into difficulty. You can't watch a renovation show and they don't go, oh, we got a problem, even though we know it's for show. They still always is a problem. But there comes a spot where you look like you're not gonna get through. It feels like a dead end and you're about to give up, but keep fighting for that's in faith. When you follow God through, there comes deliverance and God provided a sacrifice instead of Isaac when he saw Abraham was willing to give it all. And that's why scripture continues. Do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Don't conform, the world's trying to shape you into a mold. It's trying to make you like itself. It works off of four elementary principles. You've all experienced these. The world builds its house on the sand. It says you are what you do. You are what you have. You are what, who you know, and you are what you know. And our houses are conformed off and around that, aren't they? And we can't let that be. There's nothing wrong with having what we have, but we can't let it define us. We know these principles are true. It's one of the reasons when you get to adult life teenagers, most of your conversations that you start with people you don't know are, hey, what do you do for a living? You are what you do. You are what you have. You are, these are elementary principles and they're built on sand. The truth is, once you know Jesus Christ as your savior, you are part of the body of Christ. You are what I say, Jesus says. You are what I give. I've given you all these good things. That's what defines, you are what I am and you are what I have done and you have a future and a hope and an inheritance. You are not your own. You've been bought with a price. You are part of the body of Christ. You each play a role. And you need to know that so that by testing these different things that come at you, they're trying to get you to conform like a sandcastle and be able to discern what the will of God is, what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. It's interesting. In the book of Romans, Paul goes from those verses and talks about how each individual needs to be renewed in their mind 
And he goes from individual immediately to corporate. I showed you we're the body of Christ. And the body of Christ, we are what he's asked us to do. Paul says in Romans 12, for as by grace to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as one body, we have many members and many members do not have all the same functions. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. We're all in this together, church. And not only just this local church, but the universal church. We're the body of Christ and Christ is the head of the church. And we're to be working with one another. You bring something to renew. God has brought you because you bring something to the table. You're part of this body of Christ, child of God. And what, what how weird is it when the body of Christ fights with one another, when you understand what you're part of. See, if part of our body of Christ here is choosing not to surrender ground, it's gonna affect all of us because we're part of one body. Today, if you're watching football, and I think a few of us will be, if you saw a quarterback say hut and drop back, and he goes to throw, and his left arm goes, you'd be like, what was that? If a field goal kicker goes, he's about to kick, and as he kicks, the left foot hits it and knocks it over. You go, what's going on? And he comes back, I can't help it. My left arm is jealous that my right arm's getting all the attention. <laughs> what? I'm telling you. It's like he drops back the pass. like, who do you think you are? It looked foolish, right? I'm sorry, my left leg thinks it should be the arm. And it doesn't like that the arm thinks the left leg's not important. So it's making sure everybody knows it. This is what happens in the body of Christ when division occurs. Do you think the enemy knows this? And so if he can define you outside of what you're defined as, he gets you thinking that you're not something part of something bigger. And you're not testing that thought so that you might discern what is good and was acceptable and was perfect. I asked you a question at the beginning of the sermon. I said, what do you wanna not bring to renew? But let me ask you this, what do you want to not bring with us Because if part of our family chooses to not serve, it hurts. If part of our family says, I'll let everyone else give, it hurts. If part of our family says, I don't want to talk anymore, but you've been given the gift of speaking, but I don't want to deal with it anymore, it hurts. If part of the, the family that is called to care says, I'm sick of everybody not caring that I care and stops caring, we hurt. We all hurt when we harbor things in rooms of our lives and not let the Holy Spirit come in and do the renewal. And so I wanna ask you, as we go into this new season, to let the Holy Spirit tap you on the shoulder if you need to, about what area of your life might need some renewing. Yeah, I gotta get home and get to work on that. Hold up, hold up. Renewal does not come from effort. Renewal comes from surrender. If you wanna renew your life, it's gonna look a lot more like this than it is gonna look like effort. It's gonna look like this. It's gonna, you be getting the word of God out and going, Lord, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop trying and I'm gonna start asking. I need renewal in some areas. And so I'm gonna ask the Holy Spirit to do his work. And you're gonna find he'll start working.
when you ask the Lord for patience, you'll get difficulty coming along from time to time, but it's good. It's acceptable, it's perfect. It's gonna grow you in Christ-likeness. But you see, the apostle Paul finishes chapter 12 with a great challenge for us as a church, as well as individuals. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you might be able to discern what is good, acceptable, and perfect. What is good, what is just intrinsically good, what is acceptable, that is in God's eyes, and what is perfect, what he says, that is what's best and doesn't need. Anything more improvement as we grow in our sanctification. Paul gives out a list. I, I made it 10 things we would love to be characteristics of our church. If this was a renewed Bible person, we'd be like, yeah, that's awesome. We pray it for our staff. We pray it for you. And as I go through this, maybe let the spirit tap and go, that's kind of where I want to do some renovation. That's the one. Here it is. Let's go. In Romans 12, 9, he says, let love be genuine. I want you to abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. I want to go in any room that there's dishonesty and I want to call for renewal in the area of honesty. Lord, I've been lying in this area and it stops today. I want to move forward. Come in and renew my integrity. Renew my desire for integrity. I found myself uh, 21 years old, I think, college students, if you're watching or listening, you're in the house. It's like 21 years old and I felt God calling me to ministry, which I told him I wasn't going to do. I said, God, I'm never going to be called a pastor. They're weird. They're not cool. No, okay? The second thing I said, I will not drive a minivan. I've done both, okay? So <laughs> don't ever, young people, do not ever tell God something you're not gonna do, okay? I love minivans, they're awesome. Live honestly. What I did was, I went to my professor, I said, I feel God calling me into ministry, but I don't really like to read the Bible. That's a problem, right? He goes, that is a problem, Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just want to do the ministry part. Why don't you ask God to renew your desire to read the Bible? Just, just pray that God will renew my desire. Yeah, just wake up every morning and say, God, renew my desire to read the Bible. All right, I'm gonna do that. We'll see how it goes. It went pretty good. By praying that, it made me just want to open the Bible. Tricky move, professor but great move. It was like watching a renovation show each morning. Getting up, Lord, renew my desire to be in your word this morning. Renew my desire to want to follow you this morning. And the Holy Spirit does his work as I get out of the way. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. He continues, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another, showing affection. Who's the one another? The body of Christ. God, renew my thoughtfulness. I've allowed the past couple years to get me a little bitter and get me a little angry. And I spend more time pointing out what's wrong in the body of Christ than I do my thoughtfulness for people. People need to be encouraged. Lord, would you renew my love for other people? I, I frankly, God, I think I've stopped caring. Would you renew my desire to outdo somebody in showing them love? Lord, would you renew that in my heart? Have you ever prayed something like that? 
Or do you just walk through life going, yeah, well, I used to be like on fire and then like people burned me and I'm just done. Renew it, God, I need it back. How about this one? Paul continues, he says, do not be slothful in zeal, be servant, fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Lord, renew my fervor to serve. Lord, if I'm honest, I've gotten a little lazy. I've gotten a little tired. I've let life overwhelm me and I'm doing all the things. My kitchen's crazy and I'm doing all the things I don't really wanna do. I gotta renew this, God. Renew my desire to serve. Paul continues, he says, do, do, do rejoice in hope, be patient in affliction, be constant in prayer. We want a church that perseveres faithfully. We need people praying. Lord, renew my perspective and struggle. Maybe you're not liking what's going on right now in your life, at your workplace, at your college, at your home. You don't like it and it's a struggle and it's difficult. There are times in our life where life is hard. Lord, renew my perspective. May I rejoice in hope. May I be patient during this affliction. May I be constant in prayer. What about this? He continues in these verses. He says, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Lord, Lord, we want a church that gives generously. Lord, renew my stewardship. Lord, give me a new passion to use what you've given me to not only contribute, but to show hospitality. Lord, renew that in my heart. Instead of going, I just don't like having people over. What if you prayed each morning? Lord, renew my desire to show hospitality. Holy Spirit, do some renewal in that area. What about this? Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Act uncommonly, church. Renew my reactions to the lost. How many of us are allowing that television to impact our attitudes so much we're walking around the house calling politicians names, idiots, fools, or you're, or you're upset about this, or can you believe they're doing this and all you're doing is slander and anger and frustration and it's pouring through the home and it's affecting the lives around. Lord, Lord, renew my reaction. They're blind, they're lost. Renew my reactions. I'm not behaving uncommonly. I'm behaving commonly. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. What about this one? Lord, Lord, rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep, Paul tells the church. Care compassionately. Lord, renew my empathy for people. When they're excited about something, Lord, renew my desire to be excited with them. And when they're crying, Lord, help me to cry with them. I've been hearing about things. I'm so worn out on life. I haven't even been caring recently. Renew my, renew my mind in that area. And then he says, Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Lord, renew my self-awareness. Renew how I'm coming off to other people. How many of you people impartially and not partially? I told you, scripture doesn't really care sometimes about our viewpoints, doesn't it? It just speaks right into our lives. For this is what God's called us to. And he goes, I want all the rooms. I wanna go in everywhere. Can I keep that part? No, as possible as far as you live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God. Lord, renew my meekness. In this season of life, I've wanted to take vengeance. I've wanted to be divisive. Lord, may I choose humility. What incredible verses for a church to say, we want these to be characteristics that we build on as we move into the future. Lord, may we remain remarkable and may we not overcome, be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Renew my testimony, Lord. Have you prayed that? Do you remember a day when you cared about your testimony and how other perceived Christ when they looked at you? 
What if he said, Lord, renew my desire to have a testimony that when people see me live, they see Jesus Christ. These are some of the foundations that Paul laid out for the church in Rome. From the very chapter we pulled renew from and inspired by God, we wanna build on that firm foundation. But I wanna ask you in your life, where do you desire renewal? You'll find it's gonna come with surrender. You'll find the Holy Spirit sometimes knocks on the parts he wants to do. But where have you not surrendered? And you want that renewal in your life. Seize this moment in your church's history to inspire you to say, I want that too. Heavenly Father, thank you for what you've done for us. You gave everything, total commitment, total surrender, total sacrifice. You do not call us to do anything that you haven't done. You are the greatest leader. You're the greatest servant leader of all time. You gave your life on the cross that anyone in this room who believes in you will not perish but have everlasting life. You offer fresh starts. You offer renewal. Lord, I pray even today that somebody would surrender their life in the moment of salvation. But I also pray for the child of God out there who might feel overwhelmed, empty. Maybe their priorities are a little off. Maybe there's some things in their life they just want to rethink. Lord, I pray that in their devotional time this week, instead of trying, they would ask the Holy Spirit to do his work. Renew this area of my life and watch what he does. Amen.